Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. I'm a jumper. Carry on, Ivy Church. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. My name is Ian Henderson. It's great to be able to join you here at Ivy, even if it is just on a screen. And um, let me just introduce myself before we get started. So I live in Manchester. I'm married to Jen. We've got two gorgeous daughters uh, called Hope and Ella. Realise that's a little bit of a cliche. You know, people don't normally introduce themselves and just sort of say, oh yeah, and by the way, got two pretty ugly kids. Uh, It just doesn't happen. They're always beautiful and gorgeous. Uh, But, you know, they are. And uh, I am um, the CEO of a charity uh, called Visible. And our main work is a project called the Naked Truth Project. And Naked Truth aims to open eyes and free lives from the damaging impact of pornography. And so what that means is we have team all around the world who, uh, for example, working in schools or with parents or with governments to, to raise awareness around the harmful impact of porn. And that's the open eyes part. But we also have a team of counselors and coaches that offer support and help and recovery to individuals where porn has become problematic. It's become addictive and compulsive. And so we run groups for users of porn, but also also for the partners and spouses of porn users as well. And that's the free lives part. But today, I'm not going to be talking about pornography. You'll be glad to hear. Uh, I am going to be talking about the Beatitudes because that's what you're doing as a church. And um, before I tell you which Beatitude I'm talking about, uh, let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you were really hungry? We are hungry normally for a couple of reasons. Um, You get hunger that comes from our choices. You know, we choose to be hungry, maybe for spiritual reasons. You know, you're doing something super spiritual like fasting. Uh, Maybe it's more often for dieting reasons. Uh, You're trying to lose some of that weight from your belly. Uh, I've got a friend who is a PT, a personal trainer, and uh, he says, look, if you want to lose the belly fat, Ian, it's all about the crunches it's all about the crunches and I'm thinking to myself it's eating crunches that's caused the problem I just doesn't doesn't make sense to me um, so that's hunger anyway when we diet when we fast that's hunger that comes from our choices more and more though in our city in our nation we're seeing hunger perhaps that's coming from circumstance that in people's homes there simply isn't enough funds or food to feed the family. Uh, But we're not talking about that hunger either today. Uh, What we're actually talking about is hunger that comes from the heart. This is the kind of hunger that Jesus mentions in the Beatitudes and why he's talking about really our, our desires, our longings, our wants. Because he says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
for they will be satisfied. They will be fulfilled. So let's just take a look at that verse for a minute. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. I mean, it kicks off with a word that we hear a lot, but, but maybe particularly if you're new to church, you've not really thought too much about what it means. Uh, you know, if someone sneezes, you know, you might say, bless you. Uh, or maybe you think about people blessing objects or, or things like that. But when Jesus says blessed, really what he's meaning is happy. So happy are you. Happy are you when you thirst, when you hunger for righteousness. And that's another word that's probably a little bit churchy. You know, how often do you use the word righteous or righteousness in everyday conversation? Uh, and to be honest, even those of us who've been going to church for a while, we don't use it either. You know, it's not like we drop the kids off at the school gate and say, have a good day, Tarquin. Don't forget to be righteous. So what kind of does it really mean? Um, well, there's lots of things it can mean, uh, but the, one of the ways that I want to define it today is like this. Righteousness is when we are made right with God and when we live right lives. When we're made right with God and when we live right lives. This idea of being made right with God, um, that comes from Romans, the book of Romans, which is a letter that's in the Bible. And uh, the author of that letter says this. He says, the good news tells us how God makes us right with himself. Notice, by the way, that this is something that God does. God makes us right with himself. Another letter, a letter to some people um, in Ephesus, which is called the book of Ephesians in the Bible, says this. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So part of being made right with God is that it's something that God has done, not something that we can do. Um, and it's kind of like it's a position that we have. It's a way that God sees us. He sees us as being right with him, being made right with him, that our relationship with him has been made right. There's no more beef. He's like, we're good. We're right. We're OK. And I've done what needs to be done so that we can be right with him. God. And so partly righteousness is a position. It's a position that we have in the eyes of God and in our relationship with God. But it's also this idea of living right lives. In other words, when we live the way that God intends us to live, or how I prefer to think of it, when we start to live the lifestyle of Jesus when we start to live the way he lived, when we do the things that he did, that is living right. And let's be honest, that takes a bit more practice. And so righteousness is a position we have in God's eyes, in, in a relationship with him, when we're made right with God, but also it's practice. It's when we live a life uh, like Jesus and we practice what he did. That's righteousness. And so Jesus says, you are happy when you hunger and thirst for righteousness because it, you will be fulfilled. You will be satisfied. So let me ask you the million dollar question. 
Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel satisfied? Be honest. Give it a score out of 10. How satisfied do you feel? How fulfilled are you? See, one of the problems that we have perhaps is that um, we don't. We don't feel satisfied a lot of the time. And so why? Why not? Why don't we feel satisfied? Well, I would argue that one reason for that is that we live in a society that conditions us to be dissatisfied. I'm old enough to remember uh, Danny Baker, you know, that cheeky, chappy, cockney guy who was on Five Live for ages and stuff like that. He used to do these adverts for Daz washing powder and it was called the doorstep challenge. And what would happen is that Danny would knock on a doorstep and a housewife would open the door and he'd say, hey, you know, are your whites whiter than white? And she'd sort of go, oh no, they're just average white really. And he's like, yeah, because you need to use Daz. And then they would kind of do this thing where he'd give the actress, I mean housewife, uh, some, some washing powder and then he'd come back later and they would compare you know, the whites that she had when she used her old washing powder and now the whites that she gets from using Daz. And it was brilliant. But then a few months later on, Danny's back and he's knocking on another actress's, I mean housewife's door and she opens the door and he's like, hey, do you get whites that are whiter than white? And she's like, yes, I do because I use Daz. And he's like going, ah, but now there's Daz Ultra that makes your whites even whiter. And then a bit later on, he comes back and he's like, hey, once again, are your whites whiter than white? And she's like, yes, they are. I'm using Daz Ultra. And he's like, no, because now there's Daz Super Duper with wings. Okay, I'm being stupid. But what that advert kind of shows us is something that we see quite a lot actually in society, which is that billions of pounds get spent, whether that's on advertising or product design or whatever, to make sure that what we feel is that what we've got isn't enough. Advertisers need you to be dissatisfied with what you have, even if what you have is the thing they were trying to sell you three months ago. Because if you are dissatisfied with what you have, what are you gonna do? you're gonna buy something else. You're gonna buy something new. Um, and so we live in a society that, that acknowledges the fact that maybe we, we do feel some dissatisfaction, that we desire things that we don't have and it leverages that. Um, you know, what is true is that our strongest desires aren't always our deepest desires. Advertisers know that. They know that if they can help us pay more attention to our strongest desires, they may make a bit more money. So for example, your strongest desire might be for pleasure, but your deepest desire might be for happiness. Well, what, what's the difference there? Well, let me read you this. Pleasure is about dopamine. Happiness is about serotonin. Pleasure is about the next hit 
to feel good in the moment. Happiness is about contentment over the long haul, a sense that my life is rich and satisfying as it is. Pleasure is about want. Happiness is about freedom from want. That's a quote taken from the book um, Live No Lies by John Mark Homer. But what he's kind of trying to help us understand there is that maybe we have different types of desires. There can be deeper desires and we can have stronger desires. And actually sometimes we can pay more attention to those stronger desires, but those stronger desires might be short-lived. They might satisfy for a while, but then actually they don't lead to fulfillment like some of the deeper desires, a desire, as Jesus would put it, for something like righteousness, where we feel connected to God and right with God, or we feel like our life is purposeful and meaningful because we are living a life like Jesus. And so this battle between the strong desires and the deep desires is something that we all live with. I certainly see it in my work with Naked Truth where people are wrestling with their strong desires and then their deeper desires. This week I went to a funeral and uh, it was actually the funeral of one of our team who um, died of a rare lung disease. Um, and his story, which we kind of listened to again and, and people shared the journey of his life and the story of his life was both um, inspiring um, and, and also probably an incredible reflection of what I'm talking about today. Because um, he started his kind of relationship with us, our connection, his connection with us as an organization when he was somebody who was struggling with porn. Uh, and he and his wife got involved with our programs and with our work because what he had been doing with his life was paying attention to the strongest desires, the desire for a, a quick fix, a desire to solve his problems, to numb his pain, to escape some of the stuff that he was dealing with from his past. Uh, and porn was an easy solution for that. And so he was using porn like a drug. He was using it as a way to uh, kind of self-soothe and cope with life. Um, and it became a strong desire that he paid attention to, but that never satisfied him. And so it escalated and got worse and worse and his marriage was uh, pretty much destroyed and ruined. And, and, and then they started to bravely together as a couple get help and started to pay attention to some of the deeper desires, the desire for some contentment, for, for happiness rather than pleasure, for, for relationship rather than just to be um, you know, satisfied in the short term. And they did that hard work. Um, but years into kind of working with us and spending time with us, um, both the uh, client, this guy, Richard, and his wife, Fran, uh, both of them actually discovered something else. They discovered that, that there was an even deeper desire that they had for righteousness, to be made right with God and to live 
the life that Jesus lives to live a right life. Um, and they both became Christians. And it was interesting because Richard put it like this. He said, um, when I was you know, addicted to porn, I, I was kind of trying to find fulfillment from that and satisfaction from that and it didn't work. And even when I kind of got sober and I started to find some answers, uh, I realized that, that there was still something that wasn't satisfied, something that was missing. I still wasn't fulfilled. And he said, as he started to find and explore uh, Jesus, he said, I'm realizing that actually the thing that I've been looking for all this time <laughs> was Jesus. There's um, someone called Augustine who put it like this. He said, our hearts are restless until we find rest in you, O Lord. And that was Richard's story. He then actually went on, both he and Fran, his wife, who also got support and help through our programs, uh, they actually went on to get trained as counsellors and specialists in, in this whole area of porn addiction and betrayal trauma and supporting those who, who have been uh, gone through the trauma of that. Um, and what was beautiful this week at this funeral was here was a man whose life had been overtaken by his strongest desires for so long. But the stories that were being shared at his funeral and at the wake afterwards were of a man who had discovered Jesus's words are true. That as he hungered for something deeper, for righteousness, he discovered satisfaction and fulfillment. He found something long lasting and meaningful in life. Uh, and so it was beautiful to see that happen. Um, I wonder as well if another reason why we struggle to feel satisfied is because uh, not, not only are we just paying attention to our strongest desires rather than our deepest desires, but maybe it's partly because we need to cultivate the hunger more. What do I mean by that? That sounds like a weird phrase. But I, I think for me, in my life, this is something that I'm learning to do and trying to do. Um, I think Jesus, when he said, blessed, happy are you when you hunger for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. I think part of what he was doing was he's saying, you know, this dissatisfaction that you have, this longing you have to be made right with God, this longing you have to be with God, this desire that you have for your life to have meaning and purpose and to live right. It's a good thing. Lean into it because it will bring you fulfillment and satisfaction. You are actually happy when you are hungry, in other words. Um, and so often when it comes to hunger, our, our initial reaction is I've got to get rid of that hunger. Um, but with this kind of hunger, I wonder if it's something that God wants us to kind of almost want to see an increase in, to, to grow it, for us to kind of look for more hunger. I think for me, that's, that's certainly something that, that I've been feeling. And I guess the best way of uh, putting it is like this. Um, you know, like if you've got, you know, kids and you sit down for tea and there's this amazing meal that, that's been made and they're kind of picking at it, you know, they're hardly eating it at all. They're, there, they're eating it a little bit, but they're kind of moving it around the plate and they're picking at it. 
and uh, you're like, why, why aren't you hungry? Why don't you, why don't you want this amazing meal? And then you find out that they wolfed down, you know, a packet of Pringles half an hour ago, even though you were cooking tea at the time. They've spoiled their appetite, as uh, parents like to say. You know, I think a little bit about my life over the last few years. And if I'm really honest with you, um, sometimes when it comes to me sitting down and praying, or even just trying to live a life that is right. And I'm kind of doing the things that I know that I wanna do to be more like Jesus, but I don't know. It just feels like it's not how I thought it should be. It's kind of like I feel, it feels dry. It feels like I'm sort of like the food's there and I'm just kind of picking at it. There, the hunger isn't as intense as I want it to be. and. I've learned that actually sometimes it's really good to take a bit of an audit of your life. Um, you know, with an audit, what you do is you kind of figure out what you what you kind of been spending your money on. Um, and you know, I look at my life and go, okay, what am I sort of spending my life on? What am I using my life for? And part of that was. I started to look at my life, I'm saying, yeah, the, maybe the reason why I'm not as hungry for righteousness as I want to be is because I've kind of been spoiling my appetite. I've been busying my life uh, with other things, not necessarily bad things. It's just that they can, you, can, you can desire the wrong things, and, but also you can desire the right things in the wrong order. I wasn't giving enough priority to the things of God. Um, and so it was good that I, you know, desire to do well in my job, or it's good that I desire this or that in my life. They're not bad desires, but it's just they're in the wrong order in my life. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do recently is, uh, is just be much more intentional about paying attention to that deeper desire, that hunger for righteousness. And so for me, that's meant joining, getting together with some mates. And these guys have been people that I've been living life uh, with for 20 plus years. They've seen the best of me, they've seen the worst of me, and we're meeting up uh, regularly and we are kind of saying, okay, what do we need to change in our life? What do we want to start? What do we want to stop that will help us hunger for righteousness a little bit more. And so we started to put some things in place and, and pursue some things that maybe we haven't done before uh, and, and do some practices that where we saw Jesus maybe uh, going out and, and praying and being on his own for a lot in his life. And I'm like, well, if I wanna hunger for righteousness, then, then maybe I need to do some of those things that I see Jesus doing in the Bible. And so together as, as a group of mates, we're trying to hold each other accountable to that and, and, and pursue some of those things. Um, so what does that mean for you today? Let me ask you then a, a question. I wonder whether the people who were listening to Jesus as he spoke those words, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. I wonder how many of them felt disconnected to God, didn't feel like they were right with God. 
Um, I wonder how many of them felt like that. And maybe for them, this idea of hungering for righteousness was something that was there, that they just longed to be made right for God. They felt disconnected and disqualified. They looked at their past, they looked at their present, and they thought, there is no way I can be right with God. Maybe even they'd been trying to pursue God in different places and in different ways, uh, but they just hadn't found him yet, like Richard. And I wonder whether that's you. I wonder if for you, you feel like actually for you to hunger for righteousness right now means that you recognise you have a longing in you to be made right with God. And you look at your past and you look at your present and you wonder if that's even possible to be made right for God. Could that even be possible? Maybe there were people in that crowd listening to Jesus who felt discontented, who felt like their life just wasn't adding up to what they hoped it would. They'd followed the script, you know, for society. They'd got the, the, the stuff, the salary, the, the spouse, but for whatever reason, they still felt dissatisfied, discontented. And maybe for them, it, hungering for righteousness was about wanting a life that had meaning, wanting a life that had purpose, wanting things to change both in their life and maybe even in the nation. And I wonder if that's you. I wonder if you are wanting and longing for just something to be different about your life because you recognize that there's a dissatisfaction there, there's a discontent there. Deep down you're like, surely there's more. Because if you feel disconnected from God or if you feel discontented or dissatisfied Jesus says this those emotions are hunger and actually if you feel that hunger if you feel that desire that longing for being made right with God or living a life that is right if you have that hunger actually you can be satisfied, you can be fulfilled, you can be blessed, you can be happy. So how do we do it? <laughs> how do we do it? How do we not only acknowledge that we have the hunger, but, but how do, what do we do next? Well, for some of you, it might mean that you have to do what Richard did and just say, hey, I've been looking in the wrong places. I actually need Jesus. To be made right with God, I need to say yes to Jesus. And I know that there are people here who would love to talk to you about that. And so make sure you don't leave today without speaking to a Christian that you know or the leader of, of the service today and say, that's what I need. I want to be made right with God because ultimately uh, this hunger I've got uh, needs to be satisfied. Maybe you need to do what I've done and, and do a bit of a, a life audit and look at your life and say, what in my life is going to help me hunger more for uh, a life of meaning? What's gonna, and what's kind of numbing me from that? What's distracting me from that? And be honest with yourself about what you're investing your life in. Um, and maybe do that with a group of friends like I've been doing. Uh, because actually we sometimes need to cultivate that hunger within us to find that satisfaction and fulfillment that Jesus is talking about. 
I'm going to finish it there, but uh, I hope that as you think about that, as you pray about that, that you will find, just as Jesus promises, that there is satisfaction, there is fulfilment in hungering for righteousness. Delaney I'd love to welcome you to Ivy Church do check out the website click on a few buttons look at some previous teaching and some of the other things that we've been involved with and why not plan to join us soon at one of our locations join a grow group do the alpha course and figure out for yourself what it is that Christians believe or if you've got anything we can pray about be in touch press the contact button so that you can email us let us know about you and how we hope you can be part of us Come and join us at Ivy Church.